Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game time decisions. All right, let's roll. Let's do this thing. I don't know what day is it. I guess it's uh, what is it? Thursday. It's the Thursday edition. Game time decisions. Red Heat and uh, Rage. I am uh, Rage. And I'm not really raging uh, right now. I'm more uh, tiring uh, right now. Uh, You know, 47 years old, uh, not everyone can be Lemmy and just uh, throw it down on the road and uh, and plow through. We're only one day in. And you know what? We haven't even drank anything. I'm actually stone cold sober, didn't drink, and I still feel like crap. That's how, like, beaten down uh, we are. Um, and you know the fun and the uh, the party's just getting started. Is we're going to be appearing live tonight, uh, gentlemen. And I just tweeted out everyone on the Fantasy Sports Radio and Fantasy Sports uh, Network uh, Twitter feed. If you're in the Maritimes, for all of our um, East Coast uh, Canadian uh, listeners and fans, we're going to be throwing it down at the HFX Sports Bar uh, tonight at 11 o'clock local time. And yeah, it feels a little late to be starting a uh, a show. And showing up and doing an appearance at 11 o'clock uh, local time. But the fact of the matter is, and I'm having a hard time getting used to this still, we're actually an hour ahead here. Uh, so we're hour ahead. So it's really going to be 10 Eastern uh, when we start uh, tonight. Uh, but we uh, we invite everybody down. We encourage you to come join us uh, if you're in the area. And I'll tell you what, we're not here often. And um, not not nothing to do with uh, the place uh, here. I don't say this maliciously when I say I'm not going to be back here for a while. But... Um, I'm not going to be back here for a while. <laughs> so, I mean, last time I was here was about 24 years ago. So, yeah, we don't make it out to these parts, but people are extremely, uh, extremely friendly. Uh, besides the jerk-offs at that hotel, and uh, you guys are the best. As I see, uh, you guys keep on sending tweets uh, over to the guy at the hotel. <laughs> I think they know. I, th- I think uh, you know, they've, they've had enough uh, right now. So, the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart. He'll be joining us in a couple of minutes. Um, Cam's just, uh, he's lost in cyberspace uh, right now. He's good to go, but it's sort of like, um, sounds, actually, you know what I was going to say? It sounds like the moon landing, but it doesn't really sound like the moon landing. It sounds worse than the moon landing, which, you know, I'll go back to the fact. That's my biggest beef with the moon landing. You know, we'll switch topics right off the top here. Let's talk moon landing. My biggest beef with the moon landing and the fact that, I'm suspect, you know, I, um, I hesitate to, um, to say that the moon landing, uh, actually happened is because of how crystal clear the audio was. I mean, look, here we are right now. My cell phone doesn't work, man, in a freaking elevator. And you're telling me, man, Neil Armstrong's playing golf up on the moon, talking to people, one small step for mankind. Yeah, I don't know. I beg to differ. <laughs> I beg to differ. So, 
Yeah, we'll get we'll get Cam on in a couple of minutes. Uh, Cam's just got a technical uh, technical issue that's not really his fault uh, either. Um, you know, Cam's installing new systems, and uh, at times the systems installed there's just a little bit of uh, reverb and uh, feedback that uh, Cam is dealing with right now. And uh, knowing Cam the way that I do, you know that he's uh, he's freaking out right now. Whenever we have like sort of technical difficulties. I like get really angry, and Florio can attest to this because he's heard me with the mic on in the background and stuff. <laughs> so Flor Florio's heard me. Florio's like heard me like just freaking snap, and so was Cardano. Like when we have issues, man, like I'm ready to throw the computer, like start smashing things. Uh, Cam just sort of gets like you know sweaty and sort of panicked and like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? What are we gonna do? Uh, but fortunately, Cam's got one of the best in the business, uh, uh, George. George C., the guy's great. So uh, we're hoping Cam should be up and running in a couple of minutes uh, here. Pete Annapolis is going to be up and running with us. Uh, I believe Pete's going to join us at uh, 440. Uh, Joe Lisi. Joe Lisi's going to step up and in. Never a bad time to talk uh, to Joe Lisi. Love talking college football, Gabe. Uh, we're going to talk some college football as I see uh, Joe's been uh, working hard. And uh, Joe's uh, college football preview for 2018 is actually um, already up on Amazon, I believe. So we'll get some information uh, about that. All right. So, guys, you guys know, listen, I'm on the road right now. I'm with the Ben Homicide. And um, incredibly frustrating. Yeah, it's not bad. Like, dealing with Cam is a pleasure. Like, next to dealing with some of these dudes. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not used to getting bitched at by grown men. And... At this stage of my life. And when I do, I usually just tell them to F off at one point uh, or another. So, you know, being in a band, it's like uh, a relationship. I guess you could say it's like a gay relationship because relationship with other dudes. And nobody wants to have a relationship with other dudes. <laughs> so. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> that's the hardest thing about being in a band, actually, is when you're on the road and we're not even staying in the same places. Uh, fortunately, thank God. So I'm getting into it with the band. Uh, right after this show, I've got a band rehearsal because we got a big concert tomorrow night and we don't live in the same city, so we've got a jam. And then immediately following that, I got a, I got a meet and greet with all the crazy fans at Rageaholics at a bar tonight. Hey, uh, we're, we're really pushing it, man. We're really pushing it. Tomorrow night, we've got a live concert, but we'll be with you uh, tomorrow afternoon here on a Fantasy Sports Radio network um so i was gonna say it's kind of tough we've got a dfs lineup we've got a baseball dfs lineup uh, for you today but it's really tough to put the capping in that i want to yeah i'm basically in a uh, 80 80 square foot yeah we can't even call it a hotel it's just sort of like a bed it's clean i'm not complaining um you know we don't we don't even have a television in here we, we don't have a tv yeah, I got a computer and stuff, but I start streaming things. I you know, I might be pushing my luck with uh, with the Wi-Fi from a hotel, <laughs> right? So I'm doing the best that I can right now, but I'm really bothered by last night, actually. And Brian Blessing joined us, and, you know, listen, Brian Blessing's a smart guy. Yeah, you know? he better be. He's like 102 years old. Uh, I'm just kidding. Like, we always bust Blessing's balls about being old. You know, he's not even that much older than me. He just looks older. But uh, when Blessing talked to us yesterday about Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Golden Knights and 
Blessing is, um, you know, Blessing, of course, uh, talks Las Vegas hockey on a nightly basis. He's in Las Vegas. And, you know, Blessing's got his own post-game show for the Golden Knights. And, you know, he's all over the Golden Knights. And the thing with Brian is, he's not a homer. So, like, Brian Blessing, listen, Brian Blessing is, is a bill. He's from Buffalo originally. But he's not a Vegas homer. You know, like, so, you know, there's been times when Blessing's been pretty, like, when everyone's freaking out about the Vegas Golden Knights, Blessing's like, it can't last, and they have this fault, and they do this wrong. So, you know, Blessing isn't like Johnny Las Vegas, hey, they're going to win every game guy. Yet, after speaking to him yesterday, you know, and his breakdown, it, you know, he really sold me, and I was already locked in on the Jets, and I don't like abandoning ship. I already posted it. I already told people I was taking the Jets. But it's one of these games where I really knew I was screwed right after we talked to Blessing. And Vegas just finds a way, guys. This freaking team, man. It's unbelievable. They're now two wins away from making a Stanley Cup final in their first ever year. You know, like Carolina and Jacksonville, the National Football League, they made it to the conference championship games, I think, in their second year. Which was quite like an anomaly as well. Yet it's, you know, it's not the same. Like, this Vegas Golden Knight team is clearly the best. The best expansion team in the history of any sport. You know, getting to, you know, getting to the conference championship game of football, I've always stated, listen, you know, I would love for my Buffalo Bills to win a Super Bowl. So I'm not, I'm not denigrating what a Super Bowl victory and championship means to a, to a city, to a team, to a franchise, to its fans. But at the same point in time, Winning a Stanley Cup is harder than winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, 82-game schedule, 16 games, you got to win in the playoffs. Uh, extreme physicality, you're playing every two days. Whether you are a, a hockey fan or not, if you're just a casual observer you know, of, of hockey, and you're more of a basketball guy, baseball guy, football guy, etc., let me tell you, like the, the Stanley Cup, is the hardest trophy to win in professional sports. It just is. You know, like and I said professional sports because it's not easy to win a college football championship. There's not a lot of room for error to win a college football championship. But, you know, like you look at the NFL, listen, you get home field advantage. And I'm not taking anything away. I know it's hard to get home field advantage too, but I'm just stating, you get home field advantage, you get a bye week, you play two weeks at home, you win two games, you're in the championship game. You know, you two games, you're in the championship game. It's just, it's a little different than, than the National Hockey League grind of having to win 16 games. You know, the NBA, you could say, is a grind, and the NBA is a grind in a regular season. But the NBA and the playoffs are ridiculous. I mean, you know, when, when, are, when are Golden State and Houston playing again? In like two months or something like that? You know, it's hard. Um, you know, the NBA playoffs, they can be enjoyable, but it's hard to stay involved when there's such a long layoff in between games. And I guess well, we don't have any NBA basketball until Saturday and Sunday, and it's Thursday right now. You know, that's, that's what I'm saying. Look at hockey. You don't think the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Washington Capitals would, you wouldn't mind? Like, you know what? Yeah, you know what? We're going to be off till Saturday or Sunday now. 
we're going to get three full days to uh, to recharge here. You don't, you know? You play every two days in hockey. Basketball in the playoffs, ridiculous. You know, three and four day layoffs. You know, and the basketball, basketball is already, basketball is already um, drawn out in the playoffs, but this year it's been drawn out even more because most of the series have been pretty quick. Like you look out west, it was very quick that Golden State uh, got here, and they have the they have the NBA final set in stone. So it's not like it's like roving dates, really. You know, they might adjust a bit if they're really happy with everything was a sweep, but you know, they're you know not really. I mean, they're going to milk this to the end of the month, and then they're going to milk the NBA finals forever, but. It's going to take us right into the World Cup, which is going to be pretty cool. So tonight, I'm not going to lie to you. Last night, I, you know, I was a little shaken going into the hockey game. I was like, man, I'm not in love with this game. Vegas could win this game. I do think the best bet that I like tonight in the hockey game tonight, and there's no basketball game. The best bet that I like in this hockey game tonight is the under six. And we've lost a couple of uh, under sixes, but for the most part, we've either won the under six or we've got the push uh, with the six. Yet, I think tonight is a type of game uh, that it's going to be tighter checking. The problem with the totals in this Tampa-Washington series is the um, the goaltending has been inconsistent. You know, Vasilevsky can be really good and he can be average. And we're seeing this with Hellebuck right now. And Hellebuck has been a little rocky over the last couple of games. And suddenly the Winnipeg Jets have lost the last couple of games. But I, you know, I get the feeling, when I look at this, I was actually hoping. Last night it was a five and a half and it actually got there late. It went over the number late. Tonight, I was hoping, before I looked at the point spread earlier in the day, I thought, you know what? I like this under tonight. It's going to be a tight checking game. It's going to be intense tonight. The series is basically at stake this evening. You know, Washington needs to get up 3-1. They know this. You know, Washington got caught up in their own hype a little bit. They were on a 10-2 run. You know, they go back home. Tampa Bay was really, really bad on their home ice. They were humiliated. They were embarrassed. You know, you can sort of expect that they were going to bounce back. So I think, you know, I think they're both going to be good tonight. I lean with the Washington Capitals. I lean with the Washington Capitals. But I do like the under six in this game. A late night tonight, man. You know, like I said, we got we got baseball games. We got a ton of baseball. We were hoping to get Mark Lathrop on. Uh, Mark Lathrop is a great baseball uh, baseball handicapper. We haven't had him on the Fantasy Sports Network uh, before. He does some videos uh, for SBR. He's actually like a CEO of like a wine company and stuff. He's a successful businessman. He's a sharp uh, he's a sharp baseball capper. And uh, you know we want to we were gonna get him on today, but he's unable to join us. So you know, he'll join us uh, next week or in the future. But we got Joe Lisi coming on, and I'm getting I'm getting fired up for some college football. Like I said, we're hitting into the dog days of summer pretty soon. 
And, uh, you know, it really is time with so many Division One college football teams. Yeah, it doesn't take uh, it doesn't take a week to do your research and break them all down. So I want to talk college football sleepers today with uh, with Joe Lisi, a team guys. And last year I identified and circled Florida Atlantic. Lane Kiffin's first year with Florida Atlantic last year, the win total was four and a half. I knew Lane Kiffin would just eat these guys alive in that conference, and he did. They won like eleven football games. So. You know, there's a few books um, out there. Not not too many, actually. It should be pretty soon. I think like June 1st-ish type thing. Um, the Las Vegas Sportsbook should start to post. Uh, should start to post the college football win totals. Now, speaking of sportsbooks, we encourage you to check out mybookie.ag. Get a 50% sign-up bonus. Use the promo code GTD. Listen, even if you've got a sportsbook account somewhere else, you can never have too many accounts and uh, different options, different numbers. Uh, mybookie.ag they've got the prop builder and uh, the best way to support the fantasy sports uh, radio network and this program and the content is to support the sponsors you bet anyways check out mybookie.ag 50% sign up bonus Pete Annapolis Joe Lisi and more Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. working on things as we speak uh, right now. Uh, once again, I want to um, I want to remind everyone we're in Halifax, Nova Scotia uh, today. We're going to be in Halifax, Nova Scotia today and tomorrow. Uh, tonight we'll be appearing at the HFX Sports Bar. HFX Sports Bar. Um, and if you're in Halifax, you know about this place. It's the premier sports bar uh, in the city. Um, they're they're expecting us around 10:30 local time. It's a, it's a unique uh, spot here because it's an hour ahead from the East Coast, and really confuses me actually. And um, my computer, like my cell phone, is adapted to the time, but my computer hasn't. And I'm not gonna lie, there's been a couple of times where I was in a panic that I thought I missed the start of this radio show. <laughs> I was like, is it 4:23 here or there? I'm like, yeah, I've got I've, I've yeah. You figure I wouldn't be so confused by a stupid hour, but I'm not used to it. I've never, uh, it's rare that you're an hour ahead. Like I said, everywhere's behind the East Coast, right? Nowhere, nowhere's ahead. It's just, it's, it's bizarre world. 
So, yeah, Pete Annapolis is going to join us at 440. we got Joe Lisi. Uh, we'll talk NBA basketball with Pete. We'll get his take on the uh, on the draft as well, the upcoming draft and the, the NBA lottery uh, that just went down. Um, but, you know, the big story of the week this week in the sports uh, world has been sports betting. And, uh, you know, the fact that uh, the Supreme Court, uh, the fact that the Supreme Court uh, said that sports betting uh, will no longer be illegal. It's up to the, each state. doesn't mean it's going to be uh, it's going to be in every state, but um, it's going to be in uh, it's going to be in New Jersey at uh, Monmouth starting next week. Big man on campus is telling us that Atlantic City should be up and running by uh, late June. Uh, Delaware is going to be up and running and uh, West Virginia should be up and running really soon. I was reading uh, just yesterday actually uh, about Mississippi. Uh, Mississippi's like ready, like they're ready to go as well. Um, so, so you know, we, we we've talked about this often. Yeah. So here's Ron Artest stepping up and in. Now Ron Artest wasn't asked about um, you know legalized sports betting. Ron Artest. Ron Artest uh, talking about sports betting on a uh, on a video that he did in which Ron Artest says that he was approached in college numerous times to throw and to uh, shape points in uh, college basketball games when he played for St. John's. I've been approached in college. I called him Ron Artest, Meta World Peace. I've been approached in college, uh, Meta World Peace says in a video. I got approached a couple of times to throw games. The one interesting time, they came up to me in my neighborhood and said, hey, you, you know, I've got $35,000 for you. I'm like, all right, that's cool. I'll take the 35000 They said, we need you to throw a game. That's when I said, uh, I'm like, no, man, you're an asshole. But it did cross my mind. $35,000 to throw a game, that's not too bad. But, you know, that's the problem. When you don't have no money, they find these kids that don't have no money and they attack them. But it's like, what if I was some uh, kid that was a little scared? Okay, I'll do it. That's the problem that I have with betting because these guys that are betting, some of them are bullies and they'll force a kid into a situation and then when a kid's trying to get to the NBA, they'll hold it against the kid. Now, I, I think I think Ron Artest slash Metal World Peace, I have a hard time calling him World Peace, but I think his heart's in the right place here. I'm not going to say, oh, you're an idiot and... And, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Listen, he does know what he's talking about. He played college basketball and he was approached to throw a game. Yet, Ron Artest played in college a while ago. And it's a different era right now of gaming. Yeah, it really is. I know you can say, well, you know, it's not that different. But it, it really is in the sense that If somebody like pays $35,000 to throw the game, like where are they betting? Like, all right, so how much are they betting to make it worth their while? A couple of hundred thousand dollars. Like my, where I'm getting at here is the fact that legalized sports gambling puts everything in the forefront, really. I mean, you look at Arizona State. It was in 1994, Arizona State um, there was an Arizona State scandal in which basically like two dudes went to 
pretty much like every sports book in Vegas. Like they were stupid. They thought that they weren't going to raise suspicion by betting, you know, like 2,000 at one book and 3,000 at another book and then 5,000 at one book. And then, uh, and you know, so they, they were trying to like spread it out on, on Arizona State basketball games. But people don't realize the, the, the sports books in Las Vegas and even the offshore guys, they're all linked in together. All right. Like they share information in cases like this. So it, it did. It only took them a few hours to clue in that, you know what? It's the same people that are betting this, this Arizona State game. And why don't they just bet like $25,000 at once? Why are they going to different places? Suddenly, they're going to different places because they're, they're shady. Like if you're a legitimate businessman and you have money, you're a legitimate sports better, you're not hiding anything. You'll go up to the window and say, listen, I want to put $50,000 on this game. Because you don't care that you're alerting any, you know, they'll just move the number then, right? right? But the fact that these guys showed up in Vegas and started spreading action out throughout the um, throughout the uh, the strip, they caught on, right? And so where I'm going with this is, if le- if sports betting is legal, and there's always going to be bookies and stuff, but. If you throw a game, if Ron Artest threw a game and took $35,000, okay, and threw a game, and the guys, the gangs, you know, the gangsters that bet the money and paid Ron Artest, bet that money with the mob in New York, what the hell do you think would happen to them? You know, they're going to get whacked, right? Like, oh, you, you, you know, it's going to be look like stealing money from, from, from the bookies if you're betting on fixed games. And if you go to Vegas or Atlantic City when it's legal and try to bet these things and do it in a shady, they they know. Cam Stewart steps up and in. Better late than never, uh, Cam. <laughs> I've tried everything. Game. I got uh, three. We got the mixing board going, the amplifone. I got the old uh, Blue Yeti uh, back. So uh, I hope everything's hey, going okay. It's not okay. on you. It's not on you. You had the system uh, set to go, but it's very difficult. And as you, I know what it's like, Cam, because, you know, you get the system, you call in, it seems fine. Yet none of us really know until we go to air, right? And it's tough. Like it's, you know, it's trial by error. It just does suck because guys, their show's on for us. Like we know until we get on the air. And Cam was good to go. I was ready already. But Cam was good to go. But there was a weird echo when both me and Cam uh, spoke. But, uh, our tech guy, George, took care of it, and uh, we're good to go. And now, uh, Cam, now wherever you go, you'll be able to broadcast the show from, buddy. <laughs> That's, I hope so, man. No, I, I had that uh, stereo uh, microphone going, Gabe, and I'll tell you something. I absolutely loved it, and before it wasn't getting any feedback. But, hey, yeah, I wish I could solve that problem because uh, I love that thing, man. It's amazing, but uh, great point you bring up about the, the sports gambling stuff with – the goons here and the goons there like uh, you know what i mean like honestly these leagues are so big though gabe like give me a break and, and think about well, think about that cam and the, and the talking, players think listen, about what so they're making ron artest so it's ron artest metal piece whatever ron artest is saying he got offered thirty five thousand dollars all right so if you if you pay one player thirty five thousand dollars you obviously have to bet like you know a couple hundred thousand dollars if you're making this yep. worth it you're not throwing a game. You're not paying a player $35,000 to bet $35,000. So those guys that bet, if they bet with like a local goon squad bookie, what do you think would happen if they found out that, you know, 
you know, you know some guys. What do you think would find out, Cam, if you were betting like that CLS, that CSL soccer that you can bet on? You know, people, there's lines for that. You know, like the York, uh, Croatia, you know what I mean? Toronto, Croatia. and They took it down because... They took it down because yeah, a lot the of players, Singapore they cartel didn't... was throwing it. They, the, Singa- <laughs> exactly. the Singapore cartel got to that sport, that league even. But imagine yeah. you were betting with some guys you knew, and they found out, son of a bitch, Cam just took us for 180k this summer, and Cam was in on it. He knew they were throwing the games. How do you think that would work out for you? Not well. Not, you know what I mean? They well wouldn't say, oh, "Oh, you got us." They would, they would bust your legs if not worse after the fact because you stole money from them in their mind. So. Legalized sports betting puts everything in the in the spotlight, and the FBI has a database that monitors daily betting, guys. Like even offshore, like I know bookies offshore. Like I mean, I know the odds makers at offshore books, and I know for a fact, like the guy at Bodog knows if Sports Interaction just took a fifty thousand dollar bet cap. Like they share this information with each other. For sure, they do. Yeah, no, you, you, these guys. I told you, man. Uh, these guys know your patterns just like everybody else in life. You know how they send me the email for me? You get sports, you get gambling, you get cuisine. The sports book, they have all the information on you too. I told you, we've, we've done tests before. My buddy Vince is the biggest homer better going. He bets on the, the Leafs, the Blue Jays, whatever. I look, he's getting different lines than most other people, man. Like they're they're jacking it up five cents, eight cents, whatever. Like this, these are things that happen. Obviously, they they, they know you. They have a profile on you, and they're going to do do their due diligence accordingly, and they're going to change lines, and you're probably oblivious to it. But I, I I'm started to notice, and we started to track it, all the local teams' lines were going up because he bets on the Homer team so much, man. So, no, these guys know everything, Marenzi. All right, so um, the late, great Dave Malinsky, may he rest in peace. Uh, but I remember Dave talking about this, and I'm sure Dave would have brought this up right now. I remember Dave talking about this when talking about sports um, sports games in college and, you know, sports rigged games being fixed, etc. In which he said, how many games have been played since, like, uh, basically, point spreads cam basically started in, like, the 50s. I'm not saying nobody ever bet in the 30s or something, but, you know, like the Kentucky Derby, they have odds going back to 1930. Like, you know, like the Vegas and stuff was, you know, the teaser was invented in 1963. The point spread, et cetera, can. Like football betting as we know it really came in the forefront in the early 60s. So they played, what, a couple of million games? You add up all the college basketball games, yep. all the college football games, all the NBA games. I'm talking about baseball. Every game has been played. We're talking about probably 2 million games or whatever the hell it is. How many gambling scandals have there been? Probably about uh, what I'm thinking uh, from college around. I have the list right here. I'm going to say 50, 20 city college of New York in 1950. Turns out uh, they were uh, shaving points. They were a good team and um, they shaved points. Get this camp. 86 games they rigged. <laughs> <laughs> they went. That's the long haul right there, man. That's some from good work. <laughs> from 1947 to 1950. Oh, long term. In 86 games. And they were the champions. They won the championship. They won the NIT and the NCAA championship. So I guess they were just shaving points and not covering. Um, all right. Boston College, 1979. I remember that when I was a kid. Yep. 
Um, and there was another, there was a second Boston College scandal that yep. I remember. I think Arizona um, State was involved in something too. Yeah, that was 1994, Arizona State. Tulane, 1985. Um, Arizona State, 1994. Toledo? Northwestern, 1995. Like Northwestern, 1995. I remember the kid was on Oprah. And um, it was funny. Like, I swear, Cam, I think the Fab Five Michigan were trying to shave points too. And he said that they were both, like, trying not to cover and the mob were in the, the, the arena giving him dirty looks. <laughs> Kid got, like, a year in jail. And, you know, he only got paid, like, 1400 bucks or something stupid, too. Um, Toledo. Remember Bruce Gretkowski in the Toledo yep. football program? Sure do. Toledo was crazy. They weren't, sh- they weren't shaving points. They were betting on other football games. You know? And I guess they bet on themselves a few times. Like, they bet... You know, a Who's the quarterback? Gradkowski was the quarterback. I think they're running back, if not my, off the top of my scooter, McDougal. I remember him and all those guys. Yeah, they used to, that, that, that was an interesting Toledo team. And then uh, San Diego Toreros mm. in 2010. Except uh, the Toreros, the same thing. I remember the Torero story. It was one kid on the team, and he... Um, he owed a bookie like seven thousand dollars. It wasn't even that much money. It was like maybe ten thousand, seven to ten thousand. He owed a local bookie in San Diego ten k. He was betting on other sports, and um, they approached him and they said, "We'll wipe out your debt. We'll wipe out your debt if you shave points in this game." He did, and he got busted for it. They got caught. <laughs> How long did he do hard time? He got like a year in jail, months or something. Mm. So those, those are the only stories. I mean, tennis is the real corrupt sport, and no one bitches about tennis. I was worried about college sports. Listen, I'm not stupid, Cam. I'm not. I guarantee you. I guarantee you that there are SEC refs. College football refs are the ones that are screwing around. I don't think the kids are throwing things. I think the refs are the ones betting and screwing people. I agree with that, and you brought up the point about tennis. Remember, tennis before didn't have a rule where like a player could basically just, if the match started and they got injured, boom, it, it used to happen all the time. Guys would walk out, you know, they knew the Russian mob was involved with a lot of their players, things like that were happening. And I'll tell you though, they cho- they switched it. It's kind of like an official time for a game to be official. You have to go a certain amount of distance. So tennis did that too, because they were getting absolute, guys were getting absolutely fe- fleeced. Favorites pretending to get hurt with bad injuries and crazy stuff was happening. Right. So you said it though, tennis had a real problem for a while, man. That sport wasn't even a sport. It was an absolute joke. Yeah, it was Davidenko. Yes. Davidenko yes. was the one. He was at the forefront of it. Um, yep. They realized that every time he retired with an injury, there was insane amount of betting on his matches before. Mm. And there was an insane amount of betting on any of the other matches in the same tournaments, but always him. And he got investigated a couple of times. I think Davidenko can. I don't think he wanted to do it. I think he was forced to do it. I think they threatened his family. I think the, I think the, the like a cartel got to him and basically yep. said, listen, we're going to get your wife and your family. We're not even asking you to throw stuff. Just get hurt and retire. All right. And I don't think he was doing it for profit because why would he do it for profit? He was a good player, Ken. That he ruined was. his career. Like it, he, ever since then, it ruined his career. He was a good player. He was never flaky before. And then there was suspicious behavior around him. 
and he's already a multi-millionaire. He had no motive or anything. Like I said, I think he was actually sort of, you know, blackmailed into doing it. Yep, I agree 100%. You said he was a top five player in the world. There's no need. He was making money, so something had to happen. He, he was he got to like there. That's the thing about Russian game. There's a lot of evil, evil goons there. With uh, you know what I mean? They could really, really hurt you. And you said at the threat of the family. And he said, okay, I'm in. I, I, I agree with you. I, I think he got forced into it. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand, or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Annapolis will us up momentarily. Cam Stewart in the coffee shop. What's up, Cam? How's the coffee? Hey, Did you get free ice cream? Nah, that's the thing about this place. I don't even know what Bon Scrovey's doing. The beans. We're still waiting for the beans to arrive, but there's lots of soft serve, Marenzi. It was actually funny you mentioned that today while we were setting up this thing with George in between takes. I was doing an ice cream commercial. So I was wondering what uh, what was going on there. I was doing lots of different shots, like me tearing into an ice cream, me basically raping a waffle cone, like just absolutely like face in ice cream. And they're taking a lot of pictures and stuff. I didn't realize because this guy never tells me the whole story. It's always like, oh, Cam, come over for some pictures and, you know, we'll do we'll do some stuff. And then then the guy tells me, oh, I'm going to put like 10 life-size posters outside of the restaurant of me like gobbling ice cream or whatever i go hey as long as you're paying me my, my like that's going to cost you a little a few more hundred bucks bud but uh yeah and then tonight we got a motion picture apparently like i go to uh buy uh supposed to be buying like drugs or whatever and it turns out to be like coffee beans and whatever i don't know what this guy's up to but he's always got something go- going morency so uh don't even worry about the horse he's uh moving on to bigger and better things he's in he's in the coffee and uh soft serve business now so you're telling me that uh when people like you're gonna be sort of it's gonna be your face outside the store having an ice cream like come on in have an ice cream and it's gonna be you like devouring an ice cream yeah that is correct and uh, and the thing is Marenzi, we just didn't do one shot like you wanted different emotions like me like absolutely face first in the ice cream and then looking at it longingly like oh that looks like a beautiful beautiful ice cream cone and then there's yeah there's different action shots and stuff and i said why don't you get a hot chick like why would you want me to be there he's like anyway you look like a guy that likes ice cream so as long as he pays me everything will be okay that's awesome <laughs> where's the check Marazzi? that's well you, know you, have, you got free ice cream for life you're gonna get a little yeah. you're gonna get portly though now you're gonna get portly. oh that's the thing that's the thing they tell me soft serve has less calories but if you eat five of them a day it's probably uh <laughs> Probably not a good idea, but uh, I did learn how to uh, use the machine too. So uh, it's something I, I haven't perfected it yet, but we're, we're we're getting close though. It's actually really interesting the way you you can make ice cream. You could do it with milk, or they have pre mixes too. You put it in with four liters of water, and you get a huge blend. You blend it all up. You keep it in the fridge. You let it sit 20 minutes. You pour it into the super machine. It gets ice cold, Gabe, and then 
outcome soft serve. It's, it's also a trick. It's all in the wrist to give it that beautiful uh, twist. You can't just leave it there or it just looks like a lump of crap, right? So you got to actually use it, use your hand and make that beautiful swirl. I'm learning. You're the ice cream man. We got to start playing the Van Halen song, the ice cream yeah, man. Yeah, I'm the, the ice show. cream Hey, Florio, we getting Pete here? What's up? Where's, where's Yiannopoulos, Florio? <laughs> Never adds Cam, huh? Like, I, I got to tell you, Maretzi, like, uh, yeah, no, it says here I got like the five, like my five bars of internet and whatever, and I got the blue cable in there. And uh, no, yeah, it's probably ends, me. Uh, I don't know. I was, I gotta yeah. be honest. Like, considering you're in a coffee shop, I'm in a uh, I'm in a uh, student residence hotel room, and master control is Mike Florio, who seemingly keeps switching computers. I think we're doing pretty good, to be honest. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I, I love your attitude because I gotta be honest with you, man. I was just trying everything, and George was showing patience with me. I had the the USB, uh, my, I had the microphone going. It was crazy, Marenzi. I basically had like five different sources, but hey, we figured it out, and I, I appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for uh, hanging with me, man. You're a true friend. All right, let's bring in a true friend uh, here, Pete Annapolis, uh, with us uh, right now, RDS television analyst, former assistant coach with the UMass Minute uh, Men. I'm, I'm curious to get Pete's take on Ron Artest. What's going on, Pete? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, guys. What's going on? How are you? Good stuff. So before we get into yeah. the NBA playoffs and the the, uh, the draft lottery that happened the other night, I see Ron Artest, or World Meta Peace, whatever the hell he's called now, he put out a video earlier today. He was talking about how he got offered $35,000 um, to, um, to uh, shave points and throw a game when he was at St. John's. You were at UMass before, and I know that, you know, it's tempting for a kid, but Tell us, Pete, just how much they, they stress this to you guys, to, and they stress to the kids before. They listen, don't do this. You're going to get busted by the FBI. It's not worth the money. It really is stress to the players, isn't it, in orientation, that it's going to end poorly if you take money from somebody. Like, you will not get away with it. No, you're absolutely right, and it's funny that Ron Artest mentioned that today, and uh, a few years ago, in 2013, I had the opportunity to interview Ron Artest at Madison Square Garden. I was covering a game, uh, and everybody wanted to talk to Carmelo Anthony after the Knicks lost, but I spoke to Ron for about a, about 10 minutes. We just talked about his life growing up, and very interesting and dynamic individual, let me tell you. We hardly talked about basketball, about his upbringing, but listen, when I was at UMass, I could tell you that these are conversations that we had with our players. Um, and it was going around, and this is the you know, early to mid-2000s. So uh, imagine you know, looking forward or fast-forwarding now to 2018 and the access and the phones and, and text messages or, or direct messages, you name it, it's so easy well, to get thing, in touch Pete, with players. You had a puncher's chance of getting away with it in the mm. 70s. You know what I mean? There's, right. you know, now there's, there's a paper trail for everything. And the thing is, too, the FBI monitors this stuff, right? Like, it's they're watching. <laughs> like They're watching everything, every move everyone's doing. They know everything. It's sort of like they ask you a question they already know the answer to. Like I said, so yeah, in the 50s, New York City College shaved 86 games. Yeah, whatever. The FBI didn't exist yet. Hoover was just, you know what I mean? No one even thought about what the hell they were up to. Now it's different, Cam. Everything's computerized. Everything, like, like Pete was saying, with social media... There's no way in hell you get away with it. You'll get busted. You will get caught if you throw a game in today's day and age. I guarantee it. 
Yeah, you, you guys will. Say you, yep. No, no, I was just going to say that, you know, the NBA agents, they hire staff members that are called runners, right? And their job is just to get close to college players who potentially have a chance to go to the NBA or to the NFL and to be their best friend so they could sign with that agency. Access to players is like it's never been before. Uh, but if you're thinking right now how easy it is to, you know, and we're talking about college students, not, you know, scholarship players not having all this money now, can you imagine now with gambling being legalized in the United States of America what that's going to look like in the conversations? Uh, it's going to be explosive, man, no question about it. Yeah, Pete, I, yeah, I think one thing. Pay, pay the kids. I agree, Gabe, and not just that. And and let's look at the NCAA. Gabe's had buddies that have played there. I've had buddies that are played there. You know, some weren't very fortunate to have uh, parents have money. And you know what I mean? Like, these guys were fighting. Oh, can I go out for a slice of pizza? This guy can't buy this. Like, I got to tell you, though, Pete, when you're talking about the players and the coaches with a barbecue for kids, like, there's got to be separation between, you know what I mean, helping somebody out, giving them a meal. Oh, you, you can't do this. You can't do that. Some of the NCAA rules, though, Pete, they're just so plain stupid. It's it's ridiculous. And some of these kids don't have the money, you know, and, and have rich parents to get them through college. No, you're right. And some of all the rules are very ancient as well, right? You can't offer a lift. You can't buy somebody a lunch. Yep. Um, they have to, you know, review that. And I think they're, they're trying to make progress. And, again, it's a billion-dollar industry. But I'm, I tell people, I lived it. I was there. And I could tell you, the players – um, I mean, they eat very well. I mean, the University of Kentucky, I had a kid play for, for Tubby Smith. They have the Wildcat Lodge. So you're looking at a, ta- a condo tower where it's just for the players. And they have a personal chef that's on call 24-7 a day. So a lot of these guys, and I understand it's Kentucky, but it goes on to most high major schools, whether it's UConn, I've seen it. I mean, I've, I've eaten the filet mignon with the guy. So... <laughs> they feel like they're, 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 not, they're, not, they're not starving, okay? And, and when you're on the road, the, you know, the restaurants that they eat at, you know, they're getting a rib steak, and they're getting filet mignon. So, uh, but they should have more uh, endowments. They should have more per diems uh, where yes. they could uh, have money to spend and be a regular college student as well and go to the movies, take out a girl out. So I think they're trying to make progress. What does that look like? I don't know, you know? <laughs> It's a debate that's going to go on for a long, long time. Well, to me, uh, but, to me, yeah, you know, you give them five hundred bucks a week type thing, two thousand yep. a month, and that's the free great. food and everything, and you tell them, listen, you're getting everything for free. You've got money in your pocket to go out, take a chick up, because where you're going to, no, no real big player is ever going to take money. He's going to say, screw that. If I'm going to Duke, why would I take money? I'm going to be in the NBA next year. I'll be in Europe. I'm not going to risk my whatever. Where you're going to get a kid is like on the San Diego Toreros. You know, like some kid is broke. He's on a Terraros. He owes 13K. At least if the kid, like, is like, listen, he can tell the bookie, listen, I got $2,500 a month to play for this team. I'll sign the check over to you type thing. And at least he has a little bit of wiggle room. But it's never going to erase crime. But my whole point is, actually, these games are not as manipulated as people think they are. I mean, anytime someone loses a bet, they think it's rigged. Oh, it's fixed. It's fixed. You know, no, the, the the computers are sharp. That's why the point spreads are so sharp. So, um, uh, as far as like uh, last night is concerned, Houston brought it pretty good last night. You know, are you buying in? It's a series again, Pete, right now, or is that just Houston being desperate and Golden State getting lazy last night? Well, I'll buy it if it's a series. If they win Game Three, 
Uh, here's the next one. If Houston believes or they think they are or they are definitely a legitimate contender, they have to take this momentum and keep attacking Steph Curry, uh, keep attacking Iguodala and, and Clay, and, and forcing uh, Iguodala and Draymond Green to be outside shooters. I mean, that's the key. Uh, they're going to need more productivity by Chris Paul. Yes, he's, he has some sort of ailment. Is it Achilles strain? Is you know what? Everybody's injured at this time of the year, but guys like Eric Gordon really stepped up. Uh, he was outstanding. P.J. Tucker uh, from the deep, from the three ball. I mean, they need to have this productivity uh, from those guys that gave it to them in the regular season. Now, if they want to win games, uh, Luke Amabute should not be taking a, a shot the rest of this series or the rest of his life if you're the <laughs> Rooster Rockets. Uh, play some defense and know your role, but... Uh, listen, this was an off game, and again, you know, Steph Curry is a guy that we've talked about this game a long time. I mean, you know, we criticize LeBron James heavily. We criticize Kevin Durant heavily. We criticize Russell Westbrook. Um, but Steph Curry seems like he's immune to that criticism. I mean, he, you know, the great family, uh, the great kid, you know, but it could re- resemble him in terms of a small guy being a star, but... Um, you know, the year they won the championship, he was horrible. Iguodala won the MVP. After that, they lose. LeBron and Kyrie win the championship. Last year, Durant is the man. Curry's always in foul trouble. I mean, listen, they're so talented and so good that it seems to be masking the problem here. But Steph Curry needs to step up. And if I'm Golden State or Dub Nation, uh, I better come out here and I better hope Steph plays better. Albeit, we understand he's coming back from an injury seems to always come back from an injury. So I'm going to be curious what happens here in game three. It's a good point. People said at the time, oh, the Warriors don't need Durant. And really, let's be real. The Warriors don't win if they don't have Kevin Durant. Yep. Like Kevin Durant yep. is the reason they win. Like that's, mm-hmm. let's just be real. Well, there's no question. And I mean, I look, I, I never agreed with Kevin going to Golden State. I mean, <laughs> we always talked about this a million times, but at the end of the day, um, if Kyrie stays in Cleveland and Cleveland is a little bit more healthy and they have some pieces there and Durant's not in Golden State, well, there's a good chance Cleveland's going to beat them again. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this group. Yes, they're still the heavy favorites. It's just one game. Uh, Golden State got what they wanted, right? They got the split. They're going back home. They anticipate winning both those games, and they should be up 3-1. to one. But, again, Houston's a team that finished first overall. Harden is playing at an elite level. If those guys like Capella and Tucker, as I mentioned, and Gordon um, can play to the level that's expected to beat a team like Golden State four out of seven times, uh, you know, it's going to be telling. But uh, Curry's not playing uh, good basketball right now. And when Steve Kerr's got to motivate Steph Curry in the first game of the series, like, hey, Steph, you're going to get it. Hang in there. Like, People are calling Curry with the greatest shooter of all time, one of the best players of all time, and he needs that motivation by his coach. Listen, I think the key point here is that in all the series that they've played, once they played Cleveland in the finals, they've been able to hide Curry from guarding an elite player. Right? It's always Clay Thompson that guarded Kyrie Irving. Right now, Curry, who he's got to cover either Harden, either Paul, or either Eric Gordon. I mean, you could have him on Trevor Reed a little bit, but Reed is going to take it down to the basket. So uh, there's some defensive liabilities here when you're talking about Seth Curry. Hey, Pete, let's talk about uh, 
Boston and Cleveland, hey, we, we won't be seeing these games. I can't believe it's Saturday and Sunday. These guys get a lot of rest between, uh, in comparison to the <laughs> NHL players there. Like, these I wish guys I got that rest. Seriously, Marenzi, you're never going to you're never gonna get four days off, buddy. Uh, what about Boston, though, Pete? No respect still. I understand Cleveland desperate, but big point spread here at six and a half, seven in some spots there, 205 the total. Hey, Boston has shown they've been disrespected since the playoffs start, and it's not stopping here. That's a lot of points to cover for Cleveland. What's your take on game three, Pete? Yeah, listen, the old saying goes, if you didn't lose a game at home in a playoff series, it still remains a series, right? No time to panic. So if you're Cleveland, if you're Tyron Lou, if you're Colby Altman, that's what you're saying, that's what you're thinking, and you're, and you're like, okay, uh, we're down 2-0, we're going to come back home and take care of business. But if J.R. Smith's going to go 0-4 again, uh, and Kyle Corver's just going to hit him a couple of threes, Jeff Green won't hit any from the perimeter, uh, Jordan Clarkson's not even playing, George Hill two points, I mean, you're going to have a hard time beating a Boston team that's playing with supreme confidence. They really guard you defensively. And the thing that I love the most about this Boston team, and people are always saying, wow, Toronto should be embarrassed and look at the Raptors. You know, well, they should be embarrassed because Boston's not afraid of Cleveland. They're punching them in the mouth. They're physical. They're getting in their face. They're pushing LeBron. They're throwing guys onto the floor. Morris is trash-talking Tristan Thompson in his face after an N1. Um, that's what they're doing. That's why they're being so, so consistent and uh, successful. Al Horford, what leadership, what skill set in this big guy. Um, Cleveland, again, LeBron can't be the guy that's taking all the shots because in his offense that he has forced on every team he's played that he's played on, Cleveland with Mike Brown. Then he goes to Miami, same offense with Eric Spolstra. Now back here, David Blatt and Tyron Lue. LeBron micromanages the offense to every single possession, and he forces guys to be specialists. Guys like Rodney Hood are standing there doing nothing because that's their role. You look at, I mentioned George Hill, the rest of the guys, Corver, J.R. Smith. That's why Kyrie left because they're not ball players anymore with LeBron. LeBron's got to make everything happen, and you got to either shoot a three or make a layup. So... I think Tyrone Lou is going to try and get the tempo up, try and get easier baskets. I still think Cleveland will win game three, but Boston, man, hey, keep doubting them. They're All they're going to do is going to keep beating you. Pete Annapolis, RDS Television. Thanks, uh, Pete. Game Time Decisions, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Red Heat Rage continues. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. Level 2. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage. Radio, I am Gabriel Morenci. In Halifax, Nova Scotia for the next uh, two days. 
We throw it down, homicide, tomorrow night. Live uh, road rage tonight, HFX Sports Bar. And uh, Cam, the uh, the sports bar here, HFX Sports Bar, it's a replica of real sports, actually. I bet it's cheaper. It's a replica of, of the real sports bar. And I, I'm assuming it is cheaper. Somebody told me it's like a miniature real sports. And so it's like the same design, say, exact same layout and everything, except obviously just a little bit smaller. And like you said, I think it is going to be uh, it is going to be a lot cheaper. And you know what, Cam? I wish you were here, buddy, because I went up actually earlier because I've never even been to the bar. You got to like this. I never even told him I'm doing a show there. So you know, I figured I better go up there and just say in case a bunch of yahoos start walking in and asking about me, so the manager <laughs> will know who I am. So I actually went. And man, is it ever hilly here, Cam? I walked up this hill, and man, is it steep. Um, so I get there, and the bar doesn't open until 4 o'clock. Um, so I took a peek inside. Real nice place, though. And uh, what do I see outside, Cam? You, you know, I thought of you right away. I was like, oh, man, too bad Cam's not here. Tonight's Thursday night. They're like, Thursday night? 50% off Budweiser and Chicken Wing night every oh, Thursday. God. It's a dream. It's a dream come true, Marissa. Pictures of Budweiser, not bottles. Pictures. Oh, pictures. I, lo- I okay. love it. Yeah, draft. Budweiser oh, yeah. draft, 50% half price. Chicken wings, half price tonight. Yeah, that's what we love. And uh, it's unbelievable. And you know me, Marenzi, I go down to the OTB, and I like shoeless uh, Joes when I go there, the people we met. When Nando and the crew uh, from Fantasy came up there, you know, I showed them the horse book and everything. But I'll tell you something. I'm getting sick and tired of paying $9 for a pint of beer. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I just just have a couple at home. But, man, 50% off, uh, that sounds absolutely amazing, man. Uh, sign me up. And you said it. Even a lot of piss tanks in Halifax, you notice? They're, they, 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 they're skinny with that little drinking boiler, but they're not like huge, huge, huge. Because you said it, man. It's like walking up mountains in that place, up and down, up and down, up and down. It is crazy. Like, you want a place to get in shape, Marenzi? You said it, man. That's hill country in Halifax. Well, there it is. I'm surprised there's not more like uh, Olympic Olympic skiers from here. Yeah, yes, exactly. No, you're right. Everyone's <laughs> fit. Like, there's a bunch of fit yeah. chicks. Like, they're all walking up the hill fast and stuff. <laughs> Except Cam, I've seen quite a few boozers. Like, there's a few dudes with bellies, and they take the hill slow. It's funny. I saw a dude who was taking the hill real slow, and I even saw another dude actually sort of people sort of, you know, they they hang out and take a rest like halfway up and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like I saw one guy sort of sit down at a bench for a second, and he got up. Yeah, man, I started at the bottom. I went down to the uh, I went down to the tourist wharf there this morning. I figured ah whatever I'll go down to this tourist thing. I'll see what's going on down there. There really was I don't know. I guess I'm not easily impressed, Cam. You know there was a bunch of big ships and boats and yep, a bunch of Japanese tourists taking pictures and stuff. So <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll go to the uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll go to the uh, I'll go up to the sports bar. So I spoke to the guy at the sports bar. We're good to go here tonight. But uh, yeah, it should be a lot cheaper than real sports yet. I've got a homicide gig tomorrow, homicide gig Saturday, so we've got to pace ourselves, Cam, right? So I think tonight will just be a beer night. Like, Brian, it's a Brian Burke beer night. Beer's not drinking, and it is true. If I drink beer and eat chicken wings tonight, I'll be fine in the morning. I won't be. I won't feel like crap. I agree with you 100%, and, and nothing's more further from the truth. Like, those nights that even, if, like, when I sat there and drank, like, 12, 15 beers, I'm like, 
the next day, fine, man. You said it. It's the brown liquids. Not even like vodka. It'll screw you up. But the only reason we got screwed up is because we put that uh, a bag of sugar with that pop shop stuff into it. Basically, we were just like we almost died of a sugar overdose. It was brutal. But I'll tell you, Marantz, yeah, just stay true. Stay to the course. Uh, down Bill Beer Boulevard, you'll be absolutely fine. Even draft beer is a little bit different than the bottles. Though hopefully uh, that sports bar you said it's pretty good though. So they they probably clean their lines. But uh, I, I've tended to go. The only time draft beer is a little bit different than bottled beer because if you go to some places, you're like, wow, man, my head, what the hell's going on? What are these guys doing there? But uh, I got a feeling uh, with prices like that, they're probably cleaning the lines a lot because they get lots of people sucking them back. Yeah, I'm not a big draft guy either. Like you said, it, it does. I don't know what it is. There's some sort of I don't know what chemicals. It is. It's the, chemicals the, in the lines. It's yeah. chemicals in the lines, buddy. Like the thing is, you got to remember something. It's like it's kind of it's gas, right? So when they're when they're changing the lines, it's yeah, gas yeah. and whatever. And sometimes these bars are like, I don't want to pay this guy. Yeah, to I was going to say that the the air pressure and stuff. Yeah, exactly, yeah, brother. It. Yeah, you get that hungover. I know you drink. You know the old peel pub hangover. Um, you know one thing here <laughs> yeah. though, Cam. <laughs> you know one thing here though you can't you can't sell this is like Germany here Halifax like the one thing you can't get away with selling is bad beer dude every second place is an Irish pub and Scottish pub like they it's true Cam, it's Moosehead and Alexander Keith country like they take it seriously here bro like there's they like beer here like they don't they take ser- they take their beer seriously out here Great point, and that's the thing. If some uh, some turkey came in there peddling like Milwaukee's best or like one of those like watered down, like they they would absolutely like they'd tie him up at the stake. You're right. Like people in the East Coast, that's where they don't screw around when it comes to booze. You're right. Like like even beer's got to have like a, a semi punch to it. Like, what you're gonna get, Frenzy? I hate to say, like Budweiser to them is just it's like kind of like a like lighter than a Coors Light. Like that's their light because you know these guys. They oh give me the stouts. Like they like their beers to be like an amber brown. Uh, you know what I mean? Kind of like uh, my urine color. When I, it's not very good, it's got to be like yellow or darker. They don't like that light stuff. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. And um... <laughs> <laughs> I miss you, buddy. I wish you were here in the it, 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 just to check this thing out. But uh, a lot of people are walking by. I'm on the top deck. It's like 120 degrees because he hasn't got the uh, the air conditioner in there yet. You know, you and you know, Scrovia. People are popping in. Hey, what's going on? They need radio show. They don't care. They're just going in there. Man, what do you got for me? But a lot of people are walking in with the Jay's merchandise and Jay's gear. It's going to be a great place, buddy, in the summer. When we get it set up here, man, just people walking down right before the game. Great location. Can't wait for you to join me there. We can uh, take the show on the road a few times. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, I'll come down. I'll do the whole show down there before Jay's game or something. And uh, like you said, we can bring Jay's fans on and people going to the game. It's a great, great location uh, where you're at. It sounds good. The the, uh, the audio is uh, good uh, from there. So, yeah, even me, Ken, like you said, I'm not uh, I'm not a big draft guy and. I know me tonight. The decision is. Somebody asked me. They said, Marenzi, when you're in, uh, when you're out here, are you an Alexander Keys guy or are you a Moosehead guy? And I used to be a Moosehead guy. I used to. I drank Moosehead all the time when I was here before, and I didn't mind it actually. Yeah. We'll see if I remember it, but Moosehead does sort of have that sort of. There is sort of that. Tastes like a Quebec beer. It's sort of got some sort of that weird skunky sort of aftertaste, though. I find. 
Great call. And you know, know the thing was, man, and I'll tell you something, because, Marenzi, one thing I know, you know point spreads, and uh, we, we both know, uh, I tell you, I love beers, and I follow the history of it. Moosehead used to be one of the best premium beers out there, the Olin family, the, the East Coasters. But I'm going to tell you what happened. They got they got bought out by the big consortiums, right? So that recipe kind of changed. You ever notice, too, and you travel to yeah, B.C., yeah, yeah, take, yeah. A, take, a, take a difference of a, of a kokanee, when it's in British Columbia, it's ice crisp golden goodness, right? It is like that beer. I'm just like, oh man, that's a beer. Then you try it. It's basically here. It's Labatt Blue. It's the water, man. It's the water. And I'll tell you something. I'd be more of a Keith fan. That's man a good point. There. That's what I noticed when I said. Yeah, it's the water. I said it tastes like a Quebec beer. You're right. It sort of just tastes like a Labatt 50 suddenly. Like yeah, it's, like it's, you said, it's, it's, it's made it's the same vat. It's just commercialized. You're right. You yeah, know? you. You said it, man. Like, and you and you know too. Like, you go to different places. Like, I think you had that, might be purer now. I think so. I, I, out of those two, I'm gonna say I'm gonna tell you something, Moosehead, because I, I drink a lot of beers, and uh, I usually like when I have money, I buy Steam Whistle. Like the real, it's a little more expensive, but it's delicious. But I've noticed the Ontario Moosehead in comparison. I'd like to see how the Moosehead in, on the East Coast in the East Coast tastes, because they still have the original factory there, rather than the watered down stuff that they throw all in the vat and they call it Moosehead. It's garbage, right? So that's the beautiful thing. Like when you get that kokanee in BC, it's a different kokanee than the Labatt Blue. So maybe maybe the Moose is a good Marinci. I gotta hey, you gotta do a beer taste test tonight, buddy. You're gonna be at the sports bar. Get it done. I saw the. Um... I went into the Halifax Moosehead uh, Pro Shop today, actually. Nice. Yeah, you, you, were you wearing your jersey? <laughs> no, you know, uh, I was looking. They got some real nice new ones. Nathan, uh, Nathan McKinnon's uh, Halifax Moosehead. Yep. So uh, they're, they're selling McKinnon jerseys a lot still. And, you know, it's interesting, actually. I went to, uh, uh, I saw Cole Harbor, where uh, Crosby and McKinnon are from, actually. Nice, nice. That's awesome, man. You've been doing I never some really touring. knew where it was, like. Yeah, like I always thought Cole Harbor, I don't know, I sort of just thought it was more in the middle of nowhere type of deal. Like I didn't realize it was so, like just sort of outside of Halifax. And yeah, on the way from the airport into the city, boom, Cole Harbor right there. I was like, holy crap, Cole Harbor. And uh, yeah, Nate McKinnon and Sidney Crosby, both from there. Yeah, hockey hotbed. I think that area too, there was a... I think there was a flight from the United States. They did a musical about it, too, and it got diverted. I think the people of Cole Harbor were the ones that helped. I know it's like playing or whatever. but yeah, that, after it, 9-11. It, it, yes, correct, Marenzi. It, it was Cole Harbor, so that's the thing. They got the musicals actually like playing like down the street. They have that story going on. Great hockey players. You said, I don't know what it is about that little. Like, you go there, it's like, wow. But can you think like two of the best players in the league from that little place? So it's kind of weird. Yeah, you know what's crazy? Um April was telling me, she's from here, she's a big hockey fan, and she's telling me that's it. McKinnon's been working out with Crosby for a couple of years, and look how good McKinnon's gotten. And uh, I didn't realize this, is a local local flavor here, but that jerk-off Brad Marchand is from here, Ken. <laughs> I know. Marchand's family... <laughs> Marchand's family are the... Uh, they're in construction. They, like, they build all the... Uh, they build all the buildings, so Marchant, there's like Marchant signs everywhere here and stuff. It's pretty funny. So, uh, so Marchant's <laughs> from here, and um, he works out with McKinnon and Crosby. Now, he's only done this for two years, and I'm thinking, why would Crosby, like, work out with these guys, or at least, like, Marchant? But it was because uh, the Team Canada, world uh, that stupid World Cup stuff. 
so Marshawn was on the team and he asked Crosby, can I come, uh, you know, work out with you? And look how good suddenly Marshawn got. It's no secret. Like, dude, I mean, you hang out with Sidney Crosby and you work out with this guy every day in the summer. You're going to become a better player the next year. It's pretty much proof, you know? Great point. And another thing, yeah, and not just McKinnon. Like, McKinnon was always good, but Marenzi, I watch a lot of Colorado Avalanche games. Our boy, Camera 2, Drew, that's his team. And I'll tell you, McKinnon also, just with, with like, take a look at how strong he is on the puck now, like, and his stick work. Before, he was good. Like, he was just a sniper, but he looks faster. He's stronger. He went out there, like, I was watching in that Nashville series, and I'm like, man, this guy. Like, if he had a couple guys helping him out, this would be amazing. Like, Nathan McKinnon is one of those players, like, taking it up a notch like he's very close to being like you can make a case one of the better players in the NHL he's he might be the top dog really soon Marenzi because that guy's that guy's like the way he, he he's pivoted up like he get better and better and better you said Mershon's always been a dirty prick but let's give him some credit he's a great hockey player man like he you, you want him on your team he, if you play against him you want to punch him in the face but the guy's amazing he does everything well yeah and uh, you, you said it Crosby doesn't put bad stuff in his body like he's not going out there for suds he just wants to go out and get better all the time like he's a true professional yeah 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 much, uh, much <laughs> we're gonna put, we're gonna put some, we, yeah we put suds in our bodies but hey we're, we'll get it done me. buddy yeah, yeah. <laughs> You and me. We'll get it done. It's going crazy here. I forgot to bring. Uh, I forgot to bring uh, razor and shaving cream. Disappointed always... by it. I got a mirror right in front of me. I'm looking a little scruffy here, but I'm ah, you got to live with it. You got your bookie look, Marenzi. I, I always like when you when when you let it go for a few days. You kind of look like a lot meaner, and then you put your tracksuit on too. You're the type of guy. Say, hey, man, you want to yeah. meet me over here? <laughs> That's the thing when you're clean shaven, it's kind of like, hey, you got more like I I, I like the beat down non-shaven Marenzi. It makes you look like uh, you actually people don't know. Like when, th- that's the first thing that I remember even when Lisa met. She's like, wow, Marenzi's tall. Like that's the thing about uh, like you're a lot taller than people think. Like what are you, Marenzi? Are you, are you six three, six four? Like you are a tall man. Like I, I can understand why you play yeah, basketball. Six... Like the first time I met you, like you're you're long and lean. You got that wingspan like a condor. Yeah, yeah, long, long wingspan, <laughs> bony elbows. Bony uh, elbows, big you know, wingspan. It, it is true. If I don't shave, I look a lot meaner. I, if you I do. shave, I sort of look younger and not you quite do. as... I still look mean, but... Not as um, mean. No, no, but when I get scruffy and stuff, yeah. <laughs> it's funny, that's the that's the first thing that April met. I, she picked me up at the airport yesterday. The first words out of her mouth were like, holy shit, you're a lot taller than I ever imagined. Like, uh, <laughs> exactly, man. That's the thing. <laughs> the best is I met people. I used to only be on the radio, right? So, you know, like in the early days before I was on TV, you know, for the first like four, three years or so, no one really knew what I looked like. There was a picture, a few pictures of me in a newspaper because they did a few features on me. And... Um, I was on uh, with Ron Roosh on his sports show on CTV, yeah. like once, you know, every Saturday as a guest, like once in a while. That's when people sort of started to see what I look like. But so it's funny when I met guys, one guy told me, he goes, I swear to God, I've been listening to you for four years. He goes, I thought you were a short, fat Jewish guy. <laughs> he goes, in my mind, you sounded like a short, fat Jewish guy. And he goes, instead, you're tall, white, skinny. French guy. guy. White guy. That's the thing, man. That's why radio, it's it's the theater of the mind, right? Like, you don't know. Until until you start putting these people on TV, you didn't know. Like, I, I used to meet people, man, I didn't think that look. you look like that or some girl doing radio. You meet her like, what the hell? Like, I remember I met this chick at a If anybody's doing it in right now wondering. 
Yeah. If anyone's wondering what Cam looks like, he looks like Tom Cable. So if you know who Tom Cable is, I'm dead serious. So like Cam is Tom Cable. And if you're wondering what I look like, uh, I'm a uh, Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Yes. So like if Vin Diesel has like a brother who's not on the roids and doesn't, you know what I mean? Like that's me. I'm skinny Vin Diesel. Yeah, Vin Cam Diesel's Tom Cable. Vin Diesel's drug dealing brother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm Vin Diesel's less successful younger brother. <laughs> a little bit leaner than Cable. Not much. Actually, he lost some weight, that guy. Joe, yeah, he did, actually. That's why you used to look like him. Not so much now. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Hey, I'm Jeff. Look, I'm just a skeleton. I don't have an ACL anymore, but I'd still like to know what it means when one of my fantasy players sprains his. That's why I use the Inside Injuries app. It was created by real doctors. So you're getting information directly from people who have seen, touched, and operated on actual ACLs. Take it from me, a skeleton. If you aren't using it, you might as well just be guessing. Download the free app today and unlock the secrets of injury analysis. Welcome back to Game Time Decisions GTD Radio. I'm the Raging Redhead Cam Stewart from the coffee shop in Toronto. Top debt level right now. <laughs> it is hot here. We got to get the air conditioning guy in. I can tell you something, Florio. It is steaming, steaming here. There's no airflow. It's going to be an interesting night. We'll uh, talk to our boy Joe Lisi on the line, talk a little bit about football. Lots of coaching changes, too, in the SEC. Guys going to good spots. We'll get Joe's take on uh, some sleepers, some teams that he likes, uh, maybe a Heisman watch, too. But remember, if you play DFS and haven't tried playing, mybookie.ag player props. Hey, man, you're missing out. They're the best in the business. Their player props tool allows you to avoid the sharks in the water of 90% of the DFS monies. Invest in the players that you want without the salary caps. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches too. Me and Marenzi is driving us nuts. So go to mybookie.ag, open a new account, and enter the promo code GTD, and you'll receive a 50% deposit bonus. Marenzi, welcome back, brother. Yeah, you know what drives me nuts too? We talked about this, Cam, is uh, these microphones. I know, the I'm, I'm losing microphones. It. They seem good, they're fine, they work. And then usually out of the blue, you sound like a robot suddenly. Not you, but it it's, happened to me. And it's it happens crazy. to other people on my show often with these computer uh, microphones. It's freaking annoying, man. Like, that's why I don't trust them. You know, I don't. I, it pisses me off. 
I got to tell you, we got we got those headset mics, and uh, they've been the best thing ever. I got this Blue Yeti. You got the same thing. You got the Snowball. I got the whatever. And it's, yeah, you could talk into it, but it just feels like sounds coming from different sides. It's uh, going to be nice to get those uh, headphone uh, mics back. I love them, buddy. Back to business. Uh, back to normalcy on Monday. Uh, Joe Lisi steps up and then go for the two.com. Uh, Joe Lisi's website, I mentioned earlier, Joe's been working hard. And his college football preview is available up on Amazon right now. Joe Lisi, always a pleasure, Joe. It's been too long. How you doing, buddy? Uh, Gabe, can't wait. Chomping at the bit for the season. Love talking college football with both of you. So, um, the the win totals haven't been posted in Las Vegas yet. There's, you know, there's a book or two that's posted them offshore. But I don't want to get excited about those. They are around the corner, but I wanted to talk to you about some sleepers, but... So what's the deal, Joe? You've already put all your work in for the for the, the preview magazine, or is it by conference by conference, or is it completely done already and available on Amazon? No, it's uh, it's up and ready. It's 386 pages. It goes in paperback. It also goes in ebook or a PDF file. So whichever way you want to view your college football content, uh, I have it for you. I break down all Power Five teams strengths and weaknesses from the previous year and more realistically it's about 90 teams because i cover all those power five teams that play either uh out of conference schedules or even fcs schools uh they're in the preview as well so it's about 90 total teams uh for fbs amazing hey how long does it take you to to put that thing together there joe it sounds like a lot of work Cam, you have no idea. I'm working around the clock. It starts from the day after the uh, national championship game till about, honestly, uh, when I put the preview out on May 5th. I mean, it's about formatting. It's about, you know, making it easier for, for college football fans to get their content. I mean, it's one thing to have all the information, but to put it out in a format that's easy, easily read and accessible is another situation. I wanted to make it as easy for fans as possible. So it's an... It, it's an all 365-day-a-year commitment. Sounds like you, right, so Marenzi. Let's talk about uh, – let's talk uh, – yeah, I can't imagine all the work that goes into a college football preview. I'm wiped out, yeah. Trust me, I'm already done enough. Um, I want to talk about some sleeper teams, though, coming into the year. You know, everyone's going to talk about the big boys and, you know, the Florida States and the, the Clemsons and uh, Alabamas, etc. But I want to look at some of the teams – that uh, could surprise people uh, this year. And I want to start off with a team that I've got my eye on. And I'm, I'm curious to see whether Vegas puts out the same number or not or what my bookie.ag is going to put up for the Texas Longhorns. Texas Longhorns, um, what I saw their win total was seven. And having watched the Longhorns with Tom Herman here, this, is, this team is close. You know, they've recruited well over the years. They're very, very close. They've had, you know, missed games because of extra, you know, missed extra points, bad kicking, bad field goal kicking. Um, they'll, you know, they'll fumble the ball on the two-yard line. They're sort of like the Bengals. They'll go, you know, 98 <laughs> yards, and then they'll turn the ball over on the two-yard line. But I'm telling you, this, this Texas team, once they start winning, they're going to be a juggernaut, and they're going to kick the crap out of people. And, I, you know, Joe, I get the feeling that that day is coming soon. I don't know if this is the year. I'm not saying the Longhorns make the playoffs this year, but I do believe that the Longhorns are going to start to make some noise this year, and it'll carry over into the following year. And I think the Longhorns are about a year or two away from being a playoff football team again right now. But 
I think they're a very dangerous football team. They've played so many young players over the last couple of years. It's going to start to you know come to fruition now. And, you know, the quarterback situation is a healthy one. We'll see who wins the job between Bouchelle and Ellinger. So what's your take on this football team, the Longhorns, Joe? Yeah, you must have been reading my preview because this is the one team that I'm very high on. I actually picked them to win the Big 12 game. So from a couple of angles, I like them for their win total of seven. And more importantly, I think they're a very legit contender for the college football playoff. The biggest progression for coaches come from year number one to year number two, especially when they take over mediocre to average programs. And then I was in the, uh, the camp that really thought that former uh, Texas head coach Charlie Strong was getting it done slowly. wasn't uh, the way that Texas faithful wanted to get it done, but he was recruiting the right type of talent for Texas there, especially on the defensive side of the ball. You look at Texas overall last year, I mean, the one thing that you look at when you look at their resume last year is that they were able to win on the road. They knocked off quality opponents like Iowa State on the road. Uh, early in the year, they dominated that matchup 17-7. to And against the better teams within the Big 12 last year, they lost four games by a total of 15 points which was honestly right in the area of about 5.37 points per game. You look at their defense overall, they held opposing offenses to 106 rushing yards per game in the Big 12 and only 27% on third down conversions. I think this is a very lethal team for 2018. And oh, by the way, they have the weakest schedule of Big 12 opponents. The combined winning percentage of their opponents in 2018 is 522%. So I'm all in with the Texas Longhorns for the upcoming year. Hey, Joe, lots of uh, big-time coaches have changed programs, too. And uh, Gabe will tell you, I, I follow the, the Pac-12 there. It's going to be an interesting situation going with UCLA and Chip Kelly. Remember this guy when he was with the Ducks, 46-7 and record. And one thing we know about Chip Kelly, that offense is going to score. I know they're going to have to work on their defense. But uh, what do you think of uh, UCLA? It might not be this year, but this looks like a program with Chip Kelly. You know what he can do at the college level. This guy can get it done. Yeah, great great point, Cam. I think when you look at uh, UCLA overall, obviously they lose Josh Rosen, the quarterback, so who will win that battle? They have Monster. They also have uh, Wilton State that comes over, so we'll see who, who wins that job in fall camp. But I can tell you this about UCLA. This is the factor and the concern for Bruins fans entering 2018. They had a very inconsistent running attack. They only rushed for right in the area of about 121 yards per game. And more importantly, they gave up 287 rushing yards to opposing offenses on the defensive side of the ball. They lose their big tackle, Miller, this year. That's going to be a concern. I didn't think he was a top 10 talent anyway, went in the first round, but he's still going to be a blow to that UCLA offensive line. And more importantly, when you look at the schedule overall, 598 combined winning percentage. That's one of the worst uh, in terms of winning percentage in the Pac-12. I'm picking UCLA at the bottom of their division, 4-8 and eight overall. I think it's a long rebuild. He needs to get his type of talent in UCLA. I think that's going to take a couple of years. And the one knock on Chip Kelly, he's had offense. It's been the defense that he's yeah. needed to coach up, and they don't have that from a core or foundation in the 2018 season. So, Joe, who are some teams that you're taking a look at uh, that you think are sort of flying under the radar right now that you wrote about in the preview? Yeah, I'll give you one. One is Louisville, guys. I mean, I know they lose Lamar Jackson and then they lose Jair Alexander, and a lot of people just think, oh, they're going to 
dipped to, you know, possibly six and six or seven and five overall. They have the best ACC wide receiver core in the, in in the in the conference. Jalen Smith, Dawkins, uh, and Fitzpatrick combined for 147 receptions, 2,300 receiving yards, and 20 total touchdowns. And Jawan Pass is a five-star recruit. He's an athletic quarterback that could put pressure on opposing defenses on the perimeter. And their ACC schedule, very, very light. They get a lot of opponents in Louisville. Their road re- uh, uh, schedule, very easy. So I think it's manageable that Louisville exceeds their win total this year. I picked them right in the area of 9-3 and three overall. Vegas has them at 7. But don't be surprised that week one matchup against Alabama plus the 29, 29.5, that's very enticing for me. I like Louisville in that matchup with the points. A lot hey, of Joe, I, it's a hell. That's a hell of a lot of points. I was gonna ask you about the Gators too. With Dan Mullen from Mississippi State going over to Florida, that's an interesting situation. They go with Emory Jones. If this guy could be the quarterback of the future, uh, weaker division of the SEC. What do you think about the the Florida Gators? I really like Mullen when he was at the Mississippi State. What do you think about this team? Are they kind of like a sleeper that's on the radar, Joe? What do you think about the Gators? Yeah, it's it's intriguing, Cam, because schedule wise, I mean, they have two. They have technically two FCS opponents on their schedule. They have an SCS opponent and Idaho, which is now playing at the FCS level. So I think, from a schedule perspective, Dan Mullen could pull out a six and six season. Again, I think the strength of Florida does come on the defensive side of the ball. Still, one thing you mentioned about the quarterback position, his ability to coach up quarterbacks. They haven't had a consistent running, rushing attack. They lose Callaway, their wide receiver, even though we didn't play last year. Uh, they lose a lot of core players on that offense skill-wise. I, I think this area, I, think, I don't think they're going to be explosive this year. I think right in the area of 6-6, six and six, and he needs mm. two or three years to get it done. But he will be the guy to turn around Florida uh, for the upcoming years. But I look right in the area of 6-6 six and six due to the schedule for 2018. A team that is a sleeper every year, and they really shouldn't be because they've been one of the more consistent Power 5 programs uh, over the years, one of the best college uh, coaches in the game, combined uh, with um, arguably the best running back in the game and a Heisman Trophy frontrunner coming into the season, uh, the Stanford Cardinal. Stanford Cardinal, guys, Bryce Love, uh, you know, he was banged up uh, last year, and, man, he shouldn't have even played. He was so injured. Uh, but, you know, he's going to be healthy coming into this year. They're going to try to get him the Heisman, so he's going to get a million touches. Yep. The, the offensive line is stacked. And uh, K.J. Costello was a big difference maker, Joe. When Costello took over, you know, the offense started to flow a little bit more. Now Costello's going to have a full a full offseason and a full camp to get ready. Um, you know, Stanford, to me, are a dangerous football team once again. They're going to be in the mix. Yeah, I, again, I disagree here, Gabe. Here's the one concern I have about Stanford, and I agree exactly what you said. I think the team was much better with Costello at the quarterback position than they were Keller Christ. He, Keller Christ transferred to Tennessee this year. That's how good Costello was at the end of the season. They lose Harrison Phillips on the defensive side of the ball that led that team with sacks and total tackles. But here's the concern I have for Stanford entering 2018. Let's look at the first six games of the year. They start out with San Diego State and Rocky Long. That's not an easy matchup, even though Rashad Penny moves on. It's revenge, but they lost that game last year. 
USC, they, it's another revenge spot. But then they go at Oregon, at Notre Dame. They have an FCS opponent, and then Utah. That, those are five, their first five or six games. That's not easy for any team. And this is a Stanford team last year that lost five games the first time since 2014. They're still in one-dimensional offense at this point. I need to see it. But that's a tough, tough schedule to start the year. And they, they started slow last year as well. So I have concerns. I could see Stanford right in the area of 7-5 and five for 2018. Interesting. Hey, Joe, uh, they got then Gabe. They have uh, Bryce Love uh, listed 10 to 1 on, on our book uh, for the Heisman Trophy. Joe, uh, they already have the list out there. Uh, who are some guys that you're going to targeting? Uh, one, one guy who's chalk and maybe a deep, deep uh, sleeper that you might want to throw a couple uh, bucks on and uh, has a chance for the Heisman Trophy. Anybody on your list? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to go chalk, I mean, I mean, again, I would go Kelly Bryan out of all the favorites because I think Clemson has the easiest path out of the Ohio States. You look at Alabama as well. I think Clemson will be back in the college football playoff. I think Bryan has the ability, if Clemson does get to the college football playoff, uh, again, he's a battle-tested quarterback, defense rules, but he'll still be front and center stage for that offense. So out of chalk, I would take Kelly Bryan. I think he's in the area of about seven to eight to one guys right if i'm not mistaken maybe six to one because of clemson so i like kelly bryan out of the favorites some deep guys i like i like shea patterson with michigan uh gabe i know i know it's your michigan wolverines but i really feel that michigan has a legitimate chance to be a playoff contender because of shea patterson worst uh schedule coming out of the big 10 the hardest schedule 631 winning percentage but i still think shea patterson could put up dynamic numbers so i like him uh, again, I like Shane Bouchelle or Sam Ellinger. Whoever wins that quarterback battle, I think that guy has a legitimate chance of being a Heisman Trophy contender because I think Texas will be there, uh, one of the top four teams in the college football playoff. You mentioned the Oregon Ducks. I like what I saw with the Ducks with, uh, with Herbert at the quarterback position, a dynamic quarterback, and we clearly saw the offense um, – you know, the offense was an explosive one. It was such a big difference when he's there and he's not there. I didn't like the way they wrapped up the season in that bowl game oh, uh, last brutal. year. Brutal. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was embarrassing, man. You talked about it, Joe, too. I don't even know why they let Freeman be on the sidelines. If you're not going to play, you can't hang around. Um, but without being stated, they do have a lot of talent, this Ducks team. Are you high on the Ducks coming into this year? Uh, again, high in the sense of I picked them second in the division behind Washington. I have them projected at eight and four overall. You look at their winning percentage of their team, sub 500, 461 winning percentage of their opponents in 2017. So that's favorable. But again, I think when you look at the teams that they match up against, teams like Washington, Washington State, uh, Utah, those are teams that are very physical at the point of attack. Even Stanford, they struggled against those teams in recent years. I know Herbert was hurt last year, but again, from a defensive perspective, they haven't stepped it up against the better teams in the Pac-12. So that's the concern I have for Oregon in 2018. With Herbert in there, I think they can get to eight wins, no problem. But as they play those better teams, I think they'll struggle and ultimately lose those matchups. Huge discrepancy, too, there, Joe. Like, take a look at the odds to win the national championship. Alabama plus 225, then next Ohio State at 7. Crazy stuff. Uh, is it roll tide, or are you going to go somewhere else? 
Now, I'm going somewhere else. Again, again, expecting Alabama to be perfect each and every year is unrealistic, even from the Vegas angle. Listen, guys, if you're risking money and you're saying to me, where are you going to put 100 or $200 you know, for a team to take the playoff? I'm not betting chalk because Alabama's win total is 10.5 overall. So they really need to go 11-1 and 12-0. and 0. Can they do it? Sure they can. But, again, if you're from the betting angle, give me some Something that has some value. So when you look at Alabama overall, guys, I'll say this: seventeen and one over the last two years in the SEC. They've dominated the competition by twenty-six point. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand, or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out now. You can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise: no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. There we go. I think Joe Lisi's still talking right now. Go for the dude.com. Game time decisions, <laughs> yeah. Red Heat and Rage Radio. Fantasy Sports at Radio Network. We were going to keep Joe just for that segment, but he's so fired up. And uh, he's also fired up about gambling at Monmouth. Monmouth Racetrack's going to be the first ones uh, up uh, starting next week, actually. And, uh, Joe, I understand you're not that far from Monmouth uh, Racetrack. So you're going to be able to roll in on a Saturday morning and uh, bet some uh, bet some Georgia Bulldog uh, football, Joe. Yeah, that'll be it'll be interesting to see the layout. I can tell you this, the sports book at William Hill needs an upgrade in terms of the two and a half million dollars. It's nothing like Vegas yet, but don't worry. We, uh, in New Jersey, we do things right. We'll get it there, and uh, I hope in a couple of years we'll be rivaling Las Vegas for for Entertainment City. Yeah, Joe, I gotta That's believe too. I gotta believe, guys, too. If you step in there, like Gabe, you want to go in there. You want to go to Monmouth, watch some, watch some horses run, have a good time, and and you can bet these games. It actually might uh, make you stick around. Put put a pick three, put a pick four together, a daily double, stuff like that. I think I just think it's good for everybody, guys, because you know what? The horse racing, you're gonna be, hey, it's here right now. We could watch it, but you still got the TVs, the games, and now that's gambling. It's gonna be a, uh, an absolute paradise. Hang out there all day. And uh, Joe tells me the women are beautiful too. Let's rock, Monmouth. <laughs> it is. We're going to have our own Kentucky Derby, guys. We'll be donning the hats and slacks, and, and that's what it's all about. And, you know, the Kentucky Derby style, exactly. College football and horse racing, hand in hand. Doesn't go better than that. All right, Joe. So, um, you know, you were talking as uh, going into the break. I, f- I figured we'd let you uh, finish uh, since, you know, you were getting cut off. Um, Florio's like that. Florio is, uh, you know, he cuts us off all the time. <laughs> that's cool that's cool i'll just say this about alabama guys i mean their win total was ten and a half. just look at two things new coordinators on both sides of the ball you have a new set of eyes the coordinators have to understand how the talent responds in game situations they have to call a game plan around that talent and the new coordinators might be more or less aggressive than their predecessor and let's be honest guys brian gable did an okay job it was an offense that averaged 298 rushing yards in the first eight games of the year they won those games
wins by 33 and a half points per game in the last six games of the year. They only average 170 rushing yards per game without the Mercer, the domination victory, and they won those four games by 10 and a half points per game. I'm not sold on Mike Loxley as an offensive guru. He struggled as a head coach when he took over Maryland interim. I think this team is 10-2. and two. November schedule, LSU, Mississippi State, and Auburn. I think they can lose two of those three. And that week one matchup against Louisville, plus the 29, they'll be in striking distance because the secondary without Minka Fitzpatrick could struggle against those wide receivers. I know guys who like blindly bet Alabama, but at plus two two uh, two five, Joe, that's brutal. Like that is uh, like I get it. You said it. Uh, ten and a half wins, good, great program. But you're getting Georgia at eight, Ohio State plus seven fifty, Clemson eight to one, Gabe's Michigan Wolverines ten to one, Penn State twelve to one. Like that's a huge, huge difference. You're getting like eight to ten points on these teams plus two twenty five. You got to be crazy, man. No thanks. Yeah, I, I'm with you. It's about risk-reward. If you're going to put the money down to gamble, I want to be rewarded for a great season. And when you see teams like Texas at 7, Michigan at 8.5, I think they could well exceed their win totals along with Louisville. Another one, guys, keep an eye out, is Virginia Tech. Very easy schedule. They could possibly start the year 8-0, much like they did last year. And keep an eye out for the local school, Rutgers, they, want, they were 4-8 and eight last year and won three Big Ten games. Very easy schedule. They could be 6-6 six and six in 2018. Let me ask you about the Virginia Tech Hokies. Uh, mm. I've got quarterback Josh Jackson back. Um, they, we know they have a good football coach. Um, what, what do you make of the Hokies? Is this a – yeah, where, where, where are they at right now? I think they could be anywhere 10-2. and two. I have them winning the Coastal Division against Clemson. That's my ACC matchup. I think from a schedule perspective, they could be 8-0. And, and I think Josh Jackson, he was in a quarterback battle in, in spring ball, but he is and gives the Hokies the best chance to win. He has the most experience through 19 touchdown passes and came on against uh, the better teams on the schedule towards the end of the season. He made progression. I like that. I think he carries over this year. And Justin Fuente coaches up quarterback, so I think you'll see a big, big progression in Josh Jackson's game in 2018. Hey, Joe, a lot of people talking about Notre Dame and the 10 returning starters on defense, and people think, hey, you know, they're going to be pretty good. Uh, what's your take on the Fighting Irish? I'm not a real big fan, but I know they got a lot of fans out there. Yeah, again, it's gonna their their progression and their success hinges on whoever wins the quarterback battle. Brandon Wimbush completed less than fifty percent of his passes, and their rushing offense they averaged two hundred sixty nine rushing yards per game last year. But that was with Quentin Nelson and Mike McGlinchey that are now in the NFL. So you took two guys away from that offensive line, along with Josh Adams, their running back, and uh, St. Brown, their wide receiver. Those are huge pieces to the puzzle that they need to address in 2018. And, I, again, I think they're right in the area, 8-4, 9-3 for 2018. Michigan plays Notre Dame uh, in week one. With, uh, Michigan at Notre Dame. What do you think of that game, uh, Joe? It's going to be Patterson's first game. There's a lot of unknowns about this contest. 
Yeah, a lot of unknowns, but I go with the better coach. I know it's Brian Kelly. I know you're not high on Harbaugh, but give him six months to prepare. I like Harbaugh's chances. He has the better dual-threat quarterback. Even though Shea Patterson is not a typical runner, he has great pocket presence, can make plays outside the pocket, always keeps his eyes downfield, guys, and that's the biggest thing when you want to attack secondary. They're going to pass on first and second down to open up running lanes. That'll be the difference for Michigan this year. I think they win that matchup. I like him as a favorite, and I like him as a dog in that ball. Hey, Joe, I like where you're going with uh, Rutgers. I told Marenzi, I remember when we were doing uh, Gabe Gabe our college football stuff, hey, not a great team, but they covered some big numbers, and they, they showed some signs, but other than Rutgers, uh, Joe, a team way off the radar that you think is going to be much improved and maybe a good uh, jump-on team, going to get some extra points with them because uh, they don't have a pedigree. Is there something that's on your radar, like a team like Rutgers, too, that could really put some uh, money in people's wallets? Yeah, Baylor. Uh, their win total is a little high, and I was shocked at that. They're at five. I have them at six and six overall. I think they're the same type of progression as Iowa State under Matt Campbell a couple of years ago. You look at what Matt Rule did last year. He weeded out the players that didn't fit his type of scheme offensively and defensively. You look at the last five games of the year, rushing defense got much better in the Big 12. They only allowed 138 rushing yards per game in the last five games of the season. They have some quality guys in the interior. I expect their defense to be legit. They have two stars in the making. Quarterback Charlie Brewer, running back John Lovett. The potential to win five games just off their schedule is there. I have them at 6-6 six and six overall, so I expect them to be uh, uh, on people's radars by the middle of the year. Joe Lisi, GoForTheTwo.com Get information about his college football preview. It's available in many different uh, platforms and forms. Uh, for you uh, right now, I'm sure it's a lot of work. Um, yeah, I know he put a lot of work uh, into it. I'm l- I'm looking forward to uh, to reading it. Like I said, Joe, with June coming up right now, there's so many so many teams to break down. For me, you know what? June 1st is sort of the the official start for college football for me, and it's you know we're doing a little early this year because I'm looking forward to, to it. Uh, but we're really just you know two two months essentially. Look. The first week of college football games, August 25th, and we're going to be in Vegas for the IFBC, Joe, so we hope to see you down there. I think it might even be the same weekend as the, the Westgate uh, Super uh, Weekend or whatever. Yeah, you're looking forward to it, Gabe. I think I'll be a part of it as well. Uh, I haven't found out yet, but looking to be a part of it, and that's what it's all about, talking about college football and talking about now sports wagering. This is what it's all about in, in the state of New Jersey. Joe, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Anytime, guys. Love the show. Take care, Joe. Be good, guys. Joe Lisi. Yep. Great having Joe you... Lisi on the program talking college football. Hey, Gabe, are you uh, going to, when you go down there, are you entering uh, the Super Contest this year? Yeah, every year I say I'm not going to, but yeah, I will. Yeah, it's just... That's the thing, man. It's just one of those things that, you know, you've you've done it a hell of a lot more. You had uh, success that, that year where you guys won some good money. It's just, I remember when we did it with the team, it's just there's always uh, the bickering and the bitching and the you just almost have to do with people that are ch- like chill out, man. Because you know when you're starting to talk to about money, things can get uh, pretty hectic when you're dealing with a lot of different guys, different styles of betting, want to do different things. And there's obviously sometimes guys are on opposite sides of games. It's pretty hard to get everybody on the same page, eh? Yeah, that's the biggest thing. And as you get older... Exactly. Like, um, 
I don't like dealing with other people. Like, I think if no. I'm going to play this year, I'm going to play myself. You know what I mean? And my picks, I win, I lose, it is what it is. Because, yeah, I don't, you know, it's not that I know everything. It's just I don't have time in my life, and I don't want to debate stuff. And it bothers me, too. You know, no one really puts as much work into this. You know, Cam and me and I'm on the air all the time. So all we do during the football yep. season is talk football and angles and, and spreads. And then I'm talking to dudes that basically, you know, read ESPN for 20 minutes and then, you know, don't like my pick. No, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah, I'm a little tired of it, to be honest with you. I'd prefer, you know, to go down. You're going to go, I'd rather go down. But the problem is, it's the cash. to enter by yourself. It's, you know, it's not cheap, man. No, that's the thing. Like, that's the thing. Like, you need a team. Like, you go down there. What? Is, what is it? Eighteen grand? Like, I, I, I don't even know what the, what the. Well, how much is it now to get to get into this thing? You got to play the proxy and everything. How much? What's next year? Uh, what's the fee? Eighteen hundred. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Eighteen hundred. Yeah. Sorry. I was thinking about the other one because I, I don't know because Tony Miller at the the Nugget they have a call. Don't they have a college football contest? And there's a couple other ones too. Like I know there's a lot of different ones, but well, yeah. When the guy sent me down there, it's just yeah, it's not cheap. You got to come up uh, with, with some some serious money. Yeah, this is like fifty hundred bucks. Contest gold. There's a gold super contest where it's five thousand dollars to enter. Yep. And they they still got like a hundred people or hundred fifty people. Brett Musburger was in that one. The, the gold. You're right. There's another one. There's a big one. There's a big one where it's like $10,000 to enter over to Golden Nugget. But yeah, the Super Contest is $1,500. And then you got to get a proxy, though, which is a couple of hundred bucks. 300 yeah. bucks. So yeah, you're down 1800 bucks, And then you got to go to Vegas to enter in person. Right? Exactly. So, yeah. And, you know, it turns in, it's basically about 2500 bucks or $3,000 to get in. I got to tell you. That proxy is the biggest. I, I get it that it, you know it's a couple people, buddy and the chick, like they're they're running the show. But like I can't think of something where you can make that much money in a day where you're gonna do like easier work, where you meet everybody at the sports book, you get their information. Boom, hey, there you go. You're my guy. Here's your T-shirt. Like you're sitting there. Think about the cuts. Uh, like how much money that they're making just signing up people to a damn contest. It's a pretty good gig if you can get it, buddy. Yeah, man, he's got like 3,000 people. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just like, I don't know if there's a market for more. He's making 190K a year or something off of this. He's making yeah. money. Um, um, yeah, he's got to get the picks in. There's pressure. But his business is going to be done soon because um, they've already applied. The state of Nevada applied to, uh, or the book, the Westgate applied to let people place from their house. Oh, so yeah. So basically... Oh, okay. You would have to go, you would have to go and, um, and enter in person. But once you're entered in person, you can just put your picks in online after. No and need for a proxy. Yeah, exactly. So he's only got a couple of years left and they're going to approve it. I don't know why it's taking him so long to do it. But the thing is, this is the type of things that Vegas are going to have to start to do with competition in other states, right? Because who's to say now that in Atlantic City somebody can't have a super contest? Why are you going to fight? You know, why would you go all the way out there and pay their proxy? Great point. So that's why Great I, point. The competition will actually be good, you know, in the end here. Yeah, no, it's just one of those things. It's like you already go down there. You talked about the fee. It's like, buddy, I'm meeting you in a hotel. I just finished up in Blackjack. I'm playing some ponies and I'm giving you $300 to what? To give me a form? Like that proxy fee should be like $25, $50. Bucks. It's like you talked about your guitar. 
when you took your guitar on the plane, you said nine bucks, not forty-five, and that's kind of my take with this stupid thing. It's like, you know what? I'll give you an extra twenty bucks or fifty bucks for showing up, and you get that from every person. Three hundred bucks—that's just stupid. That's ridiculous. You'd rather bet the three hundred bucks. Yeah, damn right I would, Gamretzi. I'd rather take it to the tables. I'd rather bet. I just, I just was baffled. I'm sitting there going proxy fee. And I'm sitting there. Oh yeah, next year if you join again, it'll be only two hundred instead of three hundred. Ooh, what a deal. Anyway, that guy's got a great gig. Uh, well, yeah, you said it while well, it lasts, but uh, you can make a hell of a lot of money in one day just sitting around a casino. It's uh, it seems pretty good to me. Yeah, Vegas, Maddie. Yeah, Vegas Maddie, and there's the girl, too. I forget her name or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're the only two in town. Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't even know proxy number three. Like, everybody goes through Vegas Maddie. Like, when I went, I introduced there's him, too. Like, he's the guy. Like, yeah, how, how many do you think there are total? About five, well, now, ten? Now, yeah, now it's sort of a Johnny-come-lately. Everybody wants to get into the proxy business. The thing is, Vegas Maddie has a good reputation. He's been doing mm. it for a while. Yeah. So he'll get your picks in on time, right? I mean, you could save money and do it for 150 bucks with some of these other people. They might not get your picks in on time, and you're not going to be too happy about it. That chick Kelly in Vegas has a service now. She's a proxy. It's it's a big hustle. But yeah, Vegas and Maddie, he's the best one. Like he's he's trustworthy. I gotta I gotta ask gotta you. Pick, yeah. I, I've been I gotta ask you though, Gabe. Five, seven, seven times. But a bunch of times I didn't need a proxy. I lived in Vegas, right? That was cool. That's I right. Went, you know? Exactly. But there was one year, if you remember, I had the Cleveland Browns of all teams. The Cleveland Browns um, on a Thursday night against the Bengals. And uh, the Browns won. And he didn't get to bet in because there was a power failure. Wow. And wow. we ended up missing out by the money. The game we replaced it with lost. And we ended up we ended up missing finishing in the money by two games, so we still would have been a game short actually. Yeah, we but still, two uh, games. But yeah, it yeah. still leaves a sour taste. That's another thing. Like, okay, so you're paying this proxy money, okay? One night he gets stoned and drunk and went, oh my god, I forgot to put in the like. Honestly, if he put in picks and cost you money, do you have a lawsuit because you paid that fee? Or like, like what, what? What do you do with no, that? Because... He makes you. He makes you sign a contract. He probably uh, saved himself. Well, it's funny you say that because our boy Jorge Gonzalez actually used to be a proxy. Yeah. Until yeah, he didn't. He didn't get Paul Bovey's picks in once. Wow. Oh my god. None. Like so, there was no picks submitted for the week. And in this contest, you you're not going to win if you spot everyone a week. You can't. It's impossible oh, for sure. to come back. Like from exactly. It's like going Kobe over five, must, you know what I mean? He he must have been pissed. Yeah, yeah, he still Ooh. bitches about it. It's been like 15 years. <laughs> I'd still bitch about it, too. That's a scumbag move. TFS on the other side. Baseball. I'm rolling the dice with some uh, dicey pitchers. <laughs> Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio.